You're listening to the Fem Foundry podcast with me, Pips Taylor. Now, Fem Foundry is a new home for womankind around the world. We are a one of a kind global community and we bridge the gap between the professional and the personal. And this podcast reflects just that. Each week, I am joined by our CEO and founder, Amy. Amy, how are you doing this week? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am good, getting a slightly more sleep than usual, but all good. We have a very exciting guest on the podcast this week, Samana Duran, uh, who is one of our leaders as well, isn't she, Amy? Yes, she's she's been a leader um, for quite some time now, actually. And Samana and I met uh, a year or so ago, and just I think really, really clicked from that natural synergy of her of her background, which I'm sure you can tell everyone a bit more about. Um, yes. You know, natural entrepreneur. Um, so, so yeah, very excited to have her on the podcast this week. So she she's a lifelong entrepreneur who founded her first company. Uh, the streetwear brand Critics Clothing at just 22. She's been listed as one of Forbes 30 under 30 uh, and is now the founder of C- founder and CEO of Be Your Own, a digital news and media platform dedicated to inspiring women in business. So she's right up our street and it's always wonderful to chat to someone who shares so many of them foundries of values and the ethos of women helping other women. So we hope you enjoy it. Samana. Thank you so much for coming on Profoundly. I'm really thrilled to have you on this week because I feel there's so much synergy between what you do and what Fem Foundry is all about in terms of uh, female entrepreneurship, uh, women supporting women. So I'm really um, honoured to have you on. So thank you. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your career and uh, as, as an entrepreneur. You founded Critics Clothing when you were just 22 years old. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the story behind creating that and, and why you chose to do so. Thank you once again for having me. So I launched back in 2012 with Critics Clothing. I came from a media background. Um, I wasn't into retail at all. I just liked the idea of building businesses and building brands and also building something with longevity and sustainability as well. So the whole idea behind Critics Clothing was being your own person, pushing yourself out there and not conforming to the ways of society, really. And I really got this thrill of watching people wearing my my clothing brand, knowing that there was part of this community and brand that I had built. Um, Again, it wasn't something that I always wanted to venture into. I just liked and had this entrepreneurial spirit. I wanted to make my own money. And I just knew that Working in TV, working in media as it was back then, it just probably wasn't going to be something that I did long term because I didn't enjoy it at that time. I was very naive and I also needed the experience. But to be able to have the experience, you kind of needed the jobs behind you. But then to get the jobs, you needed the experience on your portfolio. Um, And I was just more interested in making money and, and being passionate about something. And it, at that time, it wasn't really truly TV. Yeah. And what do you think, in your opinion, takes a successful entrepreneur? Um, I, I mean, I always say it's the three key key ingredients, really, which are uh, perseverance, resilience, and just having that tenacity. And I think with all of those three combined together, I think if you've got that drive and ambition to go out there and go and get something and make something happen no doubt you are going to succeed. I love that. And did you, have you always wanted to be your own boss from, is it something that you've kind of seen uh, and wanted from a young age or is it something that you kind of fell into? Well, I never actually had a corporate job. 
Um, I did one season at McDonald's when I was about 16. Did you get, did you get some free Big Macs there? <laughs> I, I did actually, to be honest. At that time, I was vegetarian, but now I'm, I'm with my partner who's a farmer. Um, definitely, yeah, I'm no longer vegetarian put it that way um but yeah like I just I knew that I couldn't take direction from anybody else I knew that working for somebody else was never going to happen because I'm all about doing what I want to do um and as long as I'm passionate about it it's not always so much really just making the money it's just being passionate about what I'm building being passionate waking up in the morning and knowing that I'm happy and I'm happy doing what I'm doing and is that what gets you out of bed in the morning? Because we know that with entrepreneurs, it's really early start and very late finishes. Uh, so I'm always intrigued as to kind of actually what gets people out of bed. It's that. It's exactly that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there have been times where it's been incredibly painful and incredibly difficult. And I've, I've shed a lot of tears and um, there's been a lot of sweat equity that's gone into building both Be Your Own, which I have now, and Critics Clothing as it was back then. But if I wasn't passionate and it didn't motivate me, I, I, I would have given it up a long time ago. And still to this day, I'm glad I haven't given it up because it does make me get out of bed in the morning. And I think, you know, a lot of times, I don't know about you, but sometimes you're like, wow, this is so much. This is really overwhelming. Like, am I, should I even be doing this? You know, it's kind of you have to have that tenacity to keep going and that drive, as you say, and that motivation. Uh, what kind of um, how do you overcome those moments? I just remind myself why I first started. I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners say the same thing, but it really is going back to that whole why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Of course, earning money is great, as I mentioned, but whose life am I changing or lives am I changing? How am I helping? How am I contributing to society? How am I contributing to the economy? Um, And I'm really passionate about watching women flourish and thrive and really going out there and getting what they want. And if I can be a part of that, then I'm, I'm happy. So a lot of people might kind of want to, who are listening, might want to start their own company or maybe feel like they don't have enough experience. But as someone who has achieved a lot of success at a young age, what would you, what would you say to them? I always say, really think about why you're doing or why you want to embark on that journey of, of building or growing or starting something. Um, as I say, whose life are you about to change? What are you What are you doing it for? What is your purpose? And then I always say, go out there and do as much research as possible. That's also really important. Go and attend um, seminars or speaking engagements and workshops because there might be someone that you aspire to be like, such as Ariana Huffington or Richard Branson or Elon Musk. If you can watch as many YouTube channels or watch as many keynote speaking engagements that they've done and learn from that, learn from their mistakes, then it will be less costly for you. Um, and um, yeah, it will be, it'll be better for you overall, wouldn't it? Mm, absolutely. Did you ever have any sort of trouble or did you ever come up any again, against any sort of negativity when you were, when you first started out with, with being taken seriously or did, did you have a, a good experience? Um, overall, I'd say I had a really good experience. I don't think I've ever walked into any boardroom meeting and it's been a case of not being taken seriously, maybe just because I'm a, I'm a woman in business. I think it's maybe, or it has been maybe due to the fact that 
they, they, they might not have got my vision. But then I've, I've always asked myself, are they the right people to be working with? Are they the right partners or people to be collaborating with if they don't see my vision? So I've, you know, I've chopped that straight away. You've got, to, you've got to filter out that crap, haven't you? You've got to filter oh, out the bad vibes. <laughs> so you were listed as one of Forbes 30 under 30, which is an incredible achievement. How did that feel to, to be recognised in this way? I mean, any any accolade of that level is just incredible, and um, it's, it's it's a really great thing to be part of. Um, I, you know, I, I do recognize recognize the work that I've done, but there's always more to be doing, and I'm never complacent. It's not like I tap myself on the back and be like, "Oh my goodness, well done, Samana! You know, you're amazing at what you've done." I think there's so much more to be doing. So I'm always keeping it moving on to the next, on to the next. Yeah, but I mean, it is important to take those pauses and, 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 and kind of, you know, be like, wow, this is a great achievement. Has it changed your career or your success in any way, do you think? Has it been a great platform? I think it's definitely opened a lot of doors for me by having that accolade. But I wouldn't say it's changed me as a person or it's changed my career direction um, it, it's just meant that by having that, I've been recognised for being great at building something um, and probably giving me a lot more access to databases and connections that I need. May, and maybe more so people do take me serious and know that I'm here to stay and know that I mean business and I don't mess about. And are, do you think are accolades like that, are they important to you or are they sort of just part, you know, part of the journey? They're really not. It's not something that I set out just to have um, Forbes 30 under 30 honoree or uh, women in business award or anything to me I don't say it doesn't mean anything uh, but I think for me when I watch the women that I work with and they give us great um, testimonials and say how fabulous it is to work with the be your own brand and, and me maybe as the founder behind the brand that's probably what means most to me is is seeing the women seeing the results that we drive and talking to them and getting great feedback so we can learn and think, okay, how do we take it to the next level? How do we help even more women? And what do you think the main challenges that are facing female entrepreneurs today are? I would I would say it's definitely still down to the lack of funding. And I think if more women could be invested in or even make it a bit more easier for women to approach investment companies, I think it would help to drive the economy forward because we know that women are super intelligent, super smart, great at leadership positions. They just need to be given more opportunities and be invested in better. Um, I've actually got a couple of of, uh, stats for you here. So female entrepreneurs share of the UK's multi-billion pound venture capital funding has has stayed stubbornly below 2% for most of the past decade, according to figures from investment tracker DealRoom. And all women founding teams have received just 1.4% of the 23.7 billion euros invested into the UK startups this year. That's according to DealRoom. While all male leadership teams have taken almost 90% of the available capital, that is like really shocking. And, you know, as you mentioned, like, you know, we're not not getting our share of the funding. So what do you think we can do to change that? I think it also stems within... Okay, some women lack the confidence to go out there because they're afraid of the ask. And I've noticed that a lot, especially with what we do at Be Your Own. A lot of women are afraid to put their prices up. They're afraid to ask for an invoice to be paid. And I think it's the lack of confidence in what they're doing. So if we can encourage women 
if we can help women see their true value and see their worth and know that their their business that they're growing is a viable business and and it can do exceptionally well, then I think it will encourage the women to really step forward with their pitches and say, hey, listen, I've got this brilliant tech startup or I've got this great marketing retail hospitality company that I've built from scratch. Here are the, the financial reports. Here's the accounting work. Here's my bookkeeping. Here's the team that I've built. I'm looking to scale. And I think if women do do that and they get the visibility, they get in front of the right people, and I think it's just a matter of time before women really get the, the, the financial support that they truly deserve. But it does also stand within. And women have to, they have to unleash their power and know what their true potential and worth is. It's so interesting that, you you know, you mentioned, you know, financial, um, you know, you mentioned finance there. I think finance and financial health is something as women that we're only just really starting to kind of share with each other and tune in. Whereas I feel like men have been doing it for decades and so it's also knowing where to go for great financial advice, especially with, when it comes to business and funding and, and you, know, de- you know, even securing venture capital uh, investors. So what, what, what's your experience been of funding and dealing with venture, venture capital? Um, ha- have you had a good experience? Yeah, my first startup, Critics Clothing, I, at that time, I remember my vision was quite close and quite small. And um, it was a very unique story. I was on a on a car rally trip that I was actually presenting for overseas in the US. And I was building Chris's clothing, you know, hustling away in the background. And I remember at the time, I wasn't a heavy drinker, wasn't a smoker. And I was very happy just being the introvert, low-key person that I usually am. And I sat on the ferry um, as I was waiting to get over to, I think it was, yeah, well, uh, Calais. Um, and I remember sitting there thinking, okay, what, how do I do this? How do I grow the brand? How do, what do I look at in terms of supplying and getting distribution and getting cheaper um, materials and stuff? And a guy that I'd met on there who was a VC based over in Zurich, um, we got chatting and he said, what's your visions? Where do you intend to go? And because I was thinking very small-minded at that time, I was like, I just want a little boutique shop in Camden and I just want to set this up. And um, he said to me, how much do you think you need? And I said, about 20,000, 25 grand, because that's what you do. You kind of pitch a lot lower than what you actually really, truly need. And in actual fact, um, what I needed was probably like 10 times more. Um, and he, his vision was very much listing for an IPO, getting it on the stocks and shares market. And um, I remember um, by the end of the trip, we kind of exchanged numbers and he'd saved his number in my phone as critics investor. And I was like, oh, my goodness, no, it can't, it can't truly be. Um, by the time I got back to the UK, after I'd done the, the presenting gig, he'd actually invested a, a fair amount um, and it was good because he was bringing his level of expertise from a tech industry. It wasn't retail, but he knew about how to grow businesses and sell them and, um, and get great management teams on board to help take it and scale it to the next level. And I was very good at the whole branding and marketing and getting out there, getting the brand out there. Um, so with us both combined and him really supporting me and backing me and helping, helping me to see the bigger picture and the bigger vision, um, I, I, I did all right. I mean, we did all right. 
Um, my experience personally has been has been great. There are things that I I would change, um, but you know it's all a learning curve. And I think having took that, it's helped me become the person that I am today, um, and it's helped me grow the team and company culture that I have at Be Your Own just based off the back of that. And what is it? What is it that in, in sort of like I suppose the in investment and sort of venture capitalists and you know f- female entrepreneurs securing funding as you know we've, we've just heard that a lot of people do miss out on it and it is very male dominated what would you like to see change just more women putting themselves out there and being recognized and being great because there are equally as many great male entrepreneurs and I hate to say male entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs because it should all just be entrepreneurs um but we just we're just not seeing many women I remember when I was young um, when I went into WH Smith and I wanted to read a book about women in business or women that have gone out there, it was very few and far between. They just, it just, it, you just didn't see it. It was Alan Sugar, sorry, Lord Alan Sugar. It was Richard Branson. Um, and it was, you know, other great entrepreneurs as well, but you just didn't see many powerful women as, as in leadership roles. And I'd, I'd like to see more women recognised for being brilliant and being great. I think, you know, we have sort of touched on this, but do you think it is part of a bigger conversation about women getting more comfortable talking about money and asking for money and knowing, you know, knowing how to do it properly? Like, I'm sure obviously some people who are listening are absolutely fantastic with money and have really got, you know, got their shit together on it. But, you know, I think it is, as you know, is as you said, it's, it's a confidence thing, isn't it? Mm, it is, yeah. And as we have mentioned, it is really about driving that conversation forward and really like getting women to be comfortable talking about money and be comfortable chasing up on that invoice if it's slightly late. Or if you're too kind of a person, get someone else to do the job. Because if you're doing a great job, why should you not be paid for it? And why should you have to beg or negotiate to have your invoice paid? Because if it was a guy, I don't think it would be the same. I think if you're good at what you do, you should get paid. How do you think the landscape for being a leader has changed over the past sort of few years? And since you kind of, you know, obviously you've you've been an entrepreneur for most of your working life. How has it, how has it changed? One thing I must have noticed is that um, I think gone are the days where you need to be an absolute, I say bastard, in business, okay? Kindness does win, okay? You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to be obnoxious just to get your word across. You can still be a brilliant leader um, and be emotionally connected to your business um, and connected to your team as well, but have compassion and have sympathy and do and, and know that maybe your teammates, I call them, I don't like the word staff, but they're doing the best they can. Yeah, you don't need to be cracking the whip and, and being rude to get jobs done and to, to get them finished. Yeah, I think that's that's really an in, in interesting sort of standpoint. And we you've you know, we've we've you've mentioned be your own um your, your online magazine, your your brand, uh, and it's uh, it's such a fantastic platform. What kind of a leader are you in that company? I mean, I don't believe this 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 hierarchy. I like to get in there, get the get the work done myself as well then very much I have a very much um, like hands-on approach there's nothing that I would ask anybody else to do that I wouldn't possibly do myself because I've built both businesses from ground up so I know what it takes I know um, about the long hours and the, the, the tears and the upsets and when things don't go right so I'm very compassionate I, I am 
I do show empathy and I understand when when things don't always go to plan and you can't point fingers and blame other people. Um, if, for example, my sales and marketing team have sold something or they've sold a media package or they've worked on a partnership and um, it hasn't gone to plan, that's not their fault. That's more than likely my fault because I've not trained them up properly and I've not shown them the way. So you have to take responsibility um, and accountability. And I'd like to think that I do that. Well, I mean, I think you do because you're running a successful company, uh, which is, you know, which is, which is brilliant. Um, Tell me a little bit about Be Your Own and why you, why you started that. Really more so just because I wish that I had that same support network when I first started out. Um, I think, I wouldn't have made the costly mistakes. I would have saved a lot of time. Um, and I probably would have got a bit further on. You need to make those mistakes to be able to learn and to be able to grow both personally and professionally. But I just think if I can help other women and get that next step up in the ladder, offer them the right tools and research uh, resources, then why not? Some people have that scarcity mentality where they think that by giving to another woman or to give or to give to somebody else and to help somebody else is taken away from themselves. But it's not. I think if I can help someone, then you win, I win. I win, you win. Absolutely. And you're very like well versed in building brands you know having built up critics choice um sorry critics clothing and then also building be your own if anyone is listening and is trying to build their brand what advice could you give them what what are the sort of the absolute must do's and must nots i would definitely say first off if you're going to ask other people's advice make sure it's 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 the right people because um, I, I think that we can tend to ask family and friends and they think they know better. And unless they build something that is just incredible and you ask, admire and aspire to be like, what's the point? Because people are always going to plant those negative seeds of doubt and that's not what you need. You need to surround yourself with people who are go-getters, hungry and supportive and champion your ideas. But also at the same time, I would say be open to constructive criticism. Think logically and pragmatically. Don't get too wrapped up in your idea because it might not be the viable business that you think it it will or should be. Um, and don't be too disheartened. Um, so sometimes you can build projects and build things, and they just don't they don't work out. But as long as you as long as you give it one hundred and fifty percent, that's all that matters. Totally, and I think also we people always see the wins, and people don't often see the failures. And I think you know it's so important to celebrate the failures and things that the things that go wrong as much as, as much as the wins because they put you on the right path, and they're such big learning curves. Have you had any? kind of uh, sort of bumps in the road or things where it hasn't worked out that you can kind of share with us and and you've managed to turn it around? I can't think of one particular moment, but there definitely have been some times where probably more so about the direction because I've been torn with the members um, subscription model basis um, and then I've been torn with other ideas on how to cater for mass market or do we really niche down or do we diversify by taking guys on board that could offer their expertise to help other women grow their businesses. There have been lots of 
challenging um, like ideas and thought processes. But overall, I don't think I've ever had something that's been, I would say, soul-destroying or, or heartbreaking. I think it's just, it's just everyday hurdles that you kind of have to learn to overcome. Because when you first start a business, every problem seems massive, doesn't it? Until you learn to overcome it and then you're like, oh my goodness, I've overcome that struggle. And then you're kind of ready to take on the next. And then you're faced with the next barrier and you think, well, if I got over that one, I'm definitely going to get over the next one. And it's like every day is a new challenge, isn't it? It's a new challenge and a new new barrier. And you're like, okay, how are we going to navigate this one? That's that's amazing. Um, As part of Be Your Own, you've obviously got your online magazine and you also have your podcast as well. And you've interviewed so many brilliant entrepreneurs and business leaders do you have a particular sort of favourite guest? I, I always get asked this question and it's so difficult because the, the women, the guests that come on are so brilliant in their own ways and they've, they've all had their own struggle. They've all had their own journey. And it's so fantastic that they're so willing to share. And I think that's what differentiates between men and women when they when they um, speak about their journey, because women are so authentic and raw. Um, there isn't a particular one, purely because I feel like that would be unfair. But I am more drawn towards and do gravitate towards listening to the women that have really had it tough. I mean, really had it tough. And we're talking... Um, really unsupportive husbands, got a family to feed, working two, three jobs, and they really go in depth about how they started. Um, because some women have kind of give the impression that they've had it tough um, and they haven't. Um, but again, like there's no more preferred than the other. They're all great. All the women are great. Do you think that there is something that they all have in common or any common traits that make a good entrepreneur specifically yeah all these women literally make shit happen because women do make shit happen that's just what happens <laughs> there's no challenge too too big for women women just crack on and get it done I love that and we do and we're actually very good at it as well it's like and I think you know that's the it's the only way to move forward isn't it um yeah. now you'll be uh, you'll be your own business awards uh you which you have um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, why you set them up and what you look for uh, in, in your winners? Yeah, I think the reason why, why I, I set it up is because it's more about the, the, the kind of be your own stamp of approval. That's really where we're heading with it. Um, and it's nice to look at what other women are doing, how they're growing and scaling their businesses and how they're also supporting other women in business. That's one of the criteria that need to be met like how much are you doing to give other women um great jobs and support the economy and um, champion other women or your female counterparts around you that for me is just really important um it isn't really again because I'm not about the accolades I'm not about collecting awards but it really is more so about getting the stamp of approval from Be Your Own to say, yeah, like we're doing great things and we, we support female entrepreneurship as, as it should be. And, I mean, obviously the importance of, you know, women supporting women and, you know, the idea of mentorship and visibility is is really important for a lot of women in, in business and, and a lot of men. Do you have specific role models or, or mentors um, and have you had throughout your career? I personally haven't had a mentor 
Um, but I would say that they're very important, both personally and professionally. I think that everybody should have a mentor. Um, just having that guide, um, having someone you can bounce ideas backwards and forwards with, um, and also someone that's probably been there and done it. Um, and then they can help to advise you on maybe making the best steps that would benefit you the best. It's it's interesting. So Joe Fairley, who we had on the podcast recently, she spoke about this and was saying that, you know, mentors need to share their networks with their mentees and really properly support them and not just sort of, you know, not just do like a one on one meeting. It's like you have to sort of like actively be involved in pushing to the next step and actually, you know, um, paying it forward, as it were. Do you do you sort of what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, I agree. Um, it's more than just doing a little write-up in an article and saying, oh, we need to support other women in business or, you know, we should be doing that. No, action needs to be taken. There should be less talk and more doing. Um, and if you're not prepared to do anything, then stop talking. That's Yeah, it's such a good point. Um, I want to just talk about... Um, well, obviously, like with, with Be Your Own, you've got this, you know, your, you know, the, the, the content and the platform and, and all these amazing resources for female entrepreneurs. What is kind of next for Be Your Own, do you think? Where would you like to see it go? We've always got so many things great going on. So it's, it's very difficult to pinpoint you know, uh, Q1, we're going to be doing this, or Q4, we're going to be doing that. But we do have some great things coming up in the pipeline. One thing I would say I'm really keen on is building and growing a foundation. So it will be the um, the Be Your Own Foundation, which will offer biannual grants to other women in business who just need that little bit of help. They probably can't get that seed round. They don't have a supportive family or supportive partner or supportive friends that they can get a little bit of um, angel capital or anything, so or even a bank loan. I mean, it's some people just can't get can't get their foot in the door so if we can offer five ten twenty thousand um, and it can help them get to the next level uh, that is something that I'm really keen on pursuing and, and making sure it comes to life yeah and I think as you say it's like have, having something like that set up and it actually like being the action rather than sort of you know knowing knowing and seeing what the challenges should be it's also then offering that and being a part of driving driving the action forward you seem like an incredibly driven person which obviously balancing everything that you do, I'm not sure how you do it, but do you, like, how do you manage to find balance? I find that sometimes my work really helps me to rebalance. It sounds really strange, but find it helps me to switch off when sometimes things in my personal life don't go great. I kind of escape with my work. I can't say there's a a real work-life balance there because I have a home office. A lot of the stuff that I'm doing is based from home. It's all laptop. All Most of my um, team are remote. So I'd say there isn't really a switch-off point. It would be nice sometimes not to work till 2 o'clock in the morning, but I'm just one of those people that like to see things done. And if it means spending an extra couple of hours on it, um, then it so be it. And what? how do you switch off? What's important for you? I'm, I'm very big on music. I'm very big on ex. I love going out and mountaineering and climbing and um, walking a lot, walking the dog, and just really getting out there with nature. And I think that there's a lot to be said by having a lovely walk because you can just be at one with your thoughts. It's the best walking the dog, isn't it? It kind of really grounds you. You can start and then by the time you finish like 45 minutes later, you're like, I've forgotten my troubles. Because you just you just let your thoughts ramble away with you, and then by the time you ne- by the time you come back, you're thinking, "What was I even stressed about?" 
you know, the love with your dog and the bonding is just... Oh, we love them. Shout out to our to our pooches. Um, now, obviously, with being an entrepreneur and, and working as hard as you do, have you ever suffered any sort of type of burnout or anything? Oh, no, I, I definitely have um, suffered multiple burnouts. Um, and that's just because I'm so relentless. How do you, I suppose, look after yourself when you can feel that you're coming up to having a burnout? And how do you over, over, overcome it? Because I think it's something that, you know, you, you're, we're conscious of it happening. You can feel it happening. But when you've got so much going on and you've got so many people relying on you, the, the, the reality of actually slowing and, 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 t- and trying to take some time for yourself is, 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 is harder. So I'd love to know how you kind of overcome that. I mean, there have been times where I spent days in bed, weekends in bed, because just be completely mentally exhausted. And all I can see is fog. It's like there's no there's no room for me to create any, anything because I'm just so, I'm just in a really dark space. Um, and that is purely just from overworking myself and just not taking time, as you said, to pause and think, actually, do you know what? I've done some really great things. Let me just absorb this for a moment. Because I'm so on to the next all the time and I don't stop to think, which it is important to do that. I kind of go between the two of, of giving myself that time, allowing my time for myself that time and space to then just be so relentless to get things done and no time to lose and no time to waste. Um, I probably could manage myself better, but is there really like a copy and paste way i think it's i think you know i know there is, there is there isn't a copy and paste way and i think that's the thing it's like it's it's what works individually for each for each person and i think you know it's also if you're aware you know like i've suffered from burnouts previously and it's like you know it's just having those coping mechanisms in place whether it is having a weekend or a day in bed and just switching switching off and but it's kind of what i'm trying to do and i'm you know not necessarily very good at doing it is is implementing little things sort of like daily and weekly so that i don't get to the point where i'm like shit i actually have to have the whole weekend you know in in bed or you know i'm sort of so zonked i feel like i did that a lot when i was younger and now i try and manage it better but it is a it is a battle <laughs> it is i have i have found though that by putting devices at the other end of the room i mean i see terrible i take my laptop to bed sometimes i take my i literally take the laptop you know what it's like right because you think oh, i'm just going to email yeah and i'll just oh i've got my feet up i'll just do a few more emails here but then you know again it's 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 having that proper switch off and i think some people are really good at it and, and, and others aren't and i'm you know it i think think as we're, we're so much more aware of this kind of of the importance of rest and well-being and looking after ourselves and nurturing you know and not not exhausting ourselves i'm just i i'm always so curious as to what works for everyone that we get on so what kind of works for you well, i'm just so good at preaching to other people but i just don't take my own advice that's you don't take the advice yourself oh no Samina you're like me <laughs> I'm gonna have to become your uh your sort of like nagging uh your nagging sort of well-being person to say Anna, have you had a bit of a pause today have you had a little bit of a stop I like it I know I'm not adverse to that so call me <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, yeah I just again I, I I would say I mean I always been big on exercise I used to do a lot of yoga I've never really got my head around meditation but I do find sometimes by putting my headphones in and just putting on a podcast a really simple relaxing podcast 
more so kind of down the stoicism. Um, who else is really great? Russell Brand is really great. This it just kind of does help you just relax and switch off. Fern Cotton, she's amazing. Oh, I love the happy happy place. I think she's she's it's so good. And it's also it's just it's just so good. You know, it's like like with this. You know, you just want to hear people honestly what they're going through how they've how you know how, what works for them and, and and then the hope that you know people who are listening take something away from it and think actually do you know what yeah I'm going to be kinder to myself today or that that was a really useful kind of you know um sort of I suppose like point or tips on entrepreneurism or, or anything entrepreneurship sorry so I just would really want to touch on social media and Instagram because you obviously are really good at your but growing brands because that's your expertise you've you've, you've grown to um how do you use social media as an entrepreneur mm, I like the idea of really analyzing um, people's thought process and a typical consumer a typical user I mean that's what I used to do a lot of when I was building critics clothing because I couldn't pay people to do it. Um, I didn't have the money in the very beginning so I would sit and look at what worked when we changed a campaign um, homepage picture like that did that drive any more sales did that drive any more engagement and traffic and that's what I like to do I like to see how visually people are connected and engaged in content so when I look at color schemes and when I look at fonts and when I look at branding and how to associate color with certain emotions those that's things that I am personally very passionate about understanding more of so I like to trial and test and see what works and what doesn't but one thing that I I must say like for me personally I don't care too much about social media that's why I follow very little people because I'm more interested in in people in real life and having that human engagement and saying to someone um, yeah, how was your weekend? Not just watching their story um, and not just seeing a post and liking their post on Facebook. Like, I'd like to catch up with them over coffee and, and see what they've been been up to in the past in a couple of weeks or something. So my sole purpose really for having social media, personally, I look after my own, but Be Your Own is looked after by content. Um, I don't really have a lot to do with that. Uh, um just me I'm the kind of driving force behind saying that works that doesn't works let's rebrand that let's change that but I use my my own to manage around Instagram and Facebook really just to probably just post an update about what I'm doing and what projects and podcasts I'm I'm working on there it is kind of like it's it's necessary because you've got to play the game and be a part of it because you know it's also what a lot of brands and people you know look at um so, I mean, do you, do you enjoy sort of being a part of that and building a community online? I love community building. Um, I, I generally really do. I love seeing people connected to something that I've personally built myself. But do I actually like Instagram and Facebook? I don't want to be part of the problem by posting my best life um, and then making other people potentially feel really bad about maybe not achieving what they want in their lives or being stuck in a place where they're not happy with um and I think that some things are best left private I, I quite enjoy being a private person to a certain degree um so I will post what I feel I'm happy with but I'm not a content creator I'm not a blogger 
so I don't need to be sharing my every movement of every day. It's, in, it's interesting. Um, so just with our, well, obviously with Fem Foundry, our pillars, um, as you know, are sort of mental health, spiritual health, physical health and financial health. Uh, so always with our quick fire round that with this is, I'd like to kind of get your best piece of advice on each um, and sort of, you know, I suppose also what works for you on each. So how do you look after your mental health? Mm. I would say by probably participating in things that really make me happy and surrounding myself with people that really make me happy. Um, I'm very good at blocking out people that don't. I have no problem blocking people. (laughs) I'm really quite brutal. (laughs) That's good though. And it's just kind of like, can you give us me an example of like what that, what that happiness is? And yeah, it's just a genuine love. Um, And knowing that I'm around people who truly care for me um, and don't want to sabotage my happiness, don't want to make me feel even worse when I feel this big. You know, I don't, I don't always feel great about myself. And it, you'd be lying to yourself if you said that you was happy every single day. It's, it's almost impossible. And I think that there's so much pressure on people to be walking around with permanent smiles on their face and that they, they can't feel unhappy. It's like, it's totally okay. You can wake up and feel bad. Like, don't. Like, be honest with yourself and, and, and be okay with just not feeling great. It doesn't make you a terrible person. It makes you a real person. I think it makes you a real human. And I think it's also really refreshing to hear, you know, from, from, from you to sort of say, you know, I'm not always happy. And actually, you know, you do need to kind of like sit quietly sometimes and, and just listen to where you are and what, and what your emotions are saying and able to then, to then be able to take the next steps. You know, I think it's really you know it's this is part of it's it's real life this is what we all have to do you know and there's nothing wrong with saying that saying like I'm 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 just not feeling great today I love like immersing myself into like a book or reading or listening to a podcast and listening to music because they that makes me happy and I can just sit on my own and do that for a couple of hours it doesn't mean to say that I'm in a particularly foul mood it means maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm processing things yeah and thinking time is so important because I feel like so many of us are like unbelievably busy and you know zooming around onto the next thing onto the next thing and actually there isn't that much time to just sit down and to think and to ponder and to process and it's such an important part of looking after our mental health are you into spiritual health if so how do you kind of connect with it and what do you do it's okay not to be, by the way, as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding a lot of people are really big on spiritual health, um, spiritual health and um, spiritual well-being. I can't say that I know too much about it, so I'd hate to give my opinion where it's just probably not valuable or not. It just doesn't resonate at all. So I couldn't, I couldn't say too much. So you're not, you're not into spiritual health, really. No, not really. That's that's cool. That's okay. You know, that's good in terms of you know spiritual health. Some people are like, right, well, that for me is my yoga. It's my meditation. It's my you know, it's it's maybe going to it's maybe being religious or whatever you know, whatever it is, it's that kind of you know connection. Um, so that's totally totally great that you're like, do you know what? That's not for me because it's not for everyone. <laughs> no, and I think that there's something to be said about just being honest. And now I'm not going to fall in line and say that I'm part of something that I'm not, or I follow something that I have no understanding about um, because. I'm about being authentic and being real. And I can't come onto your podcast as a guest and have this script. This is this is real life. This is real stories. And, you know, that's exactly why we have it. You know, it's it's championing 
you know, and seeing what works for some people, which obviously doesn't work for others. Um, and physical health, uh, is it important to you? Yes, that, that I feel like that contributes massively to your mental health by getting out there, walking, running, doing something, exercising, cycling. I don't know, whatever it is, tree hugging. Just go out there and do something, move. Because even a bit of dancing in the living room, you know, listen to whatever radio station you love the most. Like it just something about exercise that just makes you feel great. Keep, keeps you moving, keeps everything ticking over. And then finally, obviously, I think this is, you know, quite a big one for you as well. And something that is, you know, not talked about enough. Financial health. Do you have any words of wisdom or tips of what works for you financially? Um, I would say really keep on top of your finances. We have this this mental block that we don't want to look at the statements. We don't want to look at what we owed. We don't want to open that bill. There doesn't have to be a negative connotation attached to the word finance. Like deal with it because the more you let things pass and the more you let things slide and you ignore things, maybe it just ends up being a bigger problem. So look at, you know, if you've got an accounting software tool, I've just recently um, switched over to FreshBooks. And just by having it there and being able to access it on my phone, I can see what invoices need to be paid in, like what's owed, what needs to go out, what transactions are coming in and out. And I think it just puts you in a different mind space. So whether you are running a business or you're not, even personally, just logging onto your mobile banking app and just checking in and seeing what your average spend is and how you could maybe budget a bit better if you you know you need to budget and accommodate then then do it because that will truly help your mental your mental health totally and do you have any sort of apps or anything that you can recommend or resources in terms of like finding those uh you know tips on budgeting and finance and, and finance that you can recommend for our listeners um i wouldn't say i have any particular apps um the one that i think is really great is freshbooks um just because it's so new it's so modern and we've moved on from the from the sage and the, the zero where it's i would say for, for the likes of myself i like things a bit more modern and, and up to date um and they're, they're obviously great they've been around for a long time but with fresh books, it's just everything's so sleek and chic and i love the design i love how easy it is I love how the user functionality is and it's just there. So it doesn't cost very much. And I think it could save you a lot in the long run if you you just download it. I feel like I'm plugging it, but I'm really not. It's just something that I generally like as a product and I, I don't speak about things. And this is also, you know, one of the reasons is have it, you know, is, is genuinely having things that, that work for you, you know. It's like it's so valuable and I'm sure, you know, there'll be definitely be even I'm like, right, I'm gonna be Googling that afterwards and, and seeing if that, that can work for me. Um and just finally, one very sort of last thing, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given that you can share with us? Don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. That is, my granddad says that to me, and uh, he's a very wise gentleman. And sometimes you can sit stressing. Um, and of course, everybody's heard, you know, you can't cry over spilt milk. But I think we sometimes, myself, I, I'm a tourist, so we tend to overthink. We think of the worst possible outcome. We think of things before with them even happen. We end up fabricating things or imagining things that aren't even there or even about to happen. So I think. Just, just deal with the facts. 
Okay, we, when you deal with the facts, then we know how to move forward. Uh, but just don't go looking for trouble and think something's bigger than it actually is when it probably hasn't even happened or probably won't even happen. Amazing. I love that. Samana, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on Profoundly and sharing your expertise, your words of wisdom. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to chat to you today. Thank you. Thank you once again for having me, Pips. It's been an honour. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to hearing this podcast.